and welcome back to another episode of Relatable Chapters. Today I'm joined with Becca Gray. How's Hello. it going? Good. How are you? Good. Nice holiday? Yeah. Still on, eh? Yeah. The weather's not the best, it's but... not playing ball at all, is it? No, not at all. It's all right. So you've been stuck in the house doing all the housework? Yeah, pretty much. I'm going <laughs> to run out of rooms to clean by the end of the week, but... I've just seen the rooms, they look pretty messy. (laughs) They do need a clean. Might take a bit more than a week. (laughs) Um, So to start off with, I've got three descriptive words. I find you very hilarious. Oh, thank you. Uh, You're very (laughs) loving. And I believe you're a skitty cat. Is that true? Um, Can I swear? Yeah. I'm shitting myself right now, so I suppose... Yeah, yeah. I was thinking more like birds and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anything like that. (laughs) Um, So normally I'll start with uh, three things you're grateful for. So what are you grateful for today? Today I'm grateful for the company of my dog Mm -hmm. on days that you're stuck inside. Um, I'm grateful for my friend who came and sat with me for a few hours today and we had coffee and gas bagged. Mm -hmm. And um, just always grateful for like mum and dad being at the other end of the phone because I ring them a hundred times a day. Quite (laughs) quite often, yeah. Quite often, yeah. So I'm grateful that they're they're Do you alternate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> always like on my drive home from work, I always call James and then I call mum or dad or my sister as well. I just, what it's a good time. That? I don't know. I thought about it. I thought maybe I just don't like being in the car by myself, but I think it's just a good like minute just to remind them that I'm thinking of them. I reckon that's quite nice. Yeah. How long does you drive? Oh, 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Just to check in, like how's your day going? Yeah. What are you doing for the re- next few days kind of thing? That's but, pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I suppose I'm grateful that everybody's back at work this week. It was a bit quiet last week by myself. Uh, that's good. Um, I am grateful for the birthday wishes. I am grateful for... Oh, the vet's looking after Benny. Oh, that's nice. He's uh, potentially got a dead tooth. Oh. So I took him in today. Oh. Very expensive. Yeah, I bet. But hopefully they can... They know what they're talking about, and the money's not wasted. Mm, definitely not. Has he been <laughs> like? Can you tell he's sore? No, you can't. I just saw his. I was just taking his teeth, and one of them's discolored, so like pinkish, mm. which is I read up about it. It's like caused by trauma, so it's ah. like bruising, potentially die, and then if it's dead, then it can cause issues later on. Right. Yep. So better to get it dealt with now. Yes, yeah, so I've got painkillers and medication. Stung me a bit. Expensive. Anyway, yeah. It is what it is. So how do I know the guest? Um, so, I think one of my oldest friends ever is James, which is your partner. Yes. Yeah, so I went to primary school with him, and then, um, played a bit of footy after high school, way later, and joined the Piss Pooks, the cricket team, <laughs> and you're James's lovely wife, ah, uh, fiance. Fiance, yeah. Yeah, so how long have you guys been together for? Um, just over, about five and a half years we've been together. Yeah, it's, it's a long time. Eh? Yeah, it feels like forever, but also doesn't feel that long. Yeah. It's one of those things. And I suppose yeah, just in and around um, events through Frankton and the Piss Pokes, uh, I've got to know you a bit better. Yeah, um, bit of yoga as well years ago. Uh, so everyone has an up uh, has a beginning. What was your upbringing like? Um, I had a very like lucky childhood. I never had like faced any real adversity. Um, it's me, my sister, my mum and dad, but yeah, we, I was always super lucky, had everything I kind of could have needed, if not potentially a little bit more, um, 
Yeah. It was nice. So pretty free-flowing. Yeah. Sunday bike rides and you barbecues with friends. You girls' like, school, eh? Um, yes. I went to Sacred Heart yeah. for high school. Are you religious at all? No. So... Um, Mum and Dad were mums, Anglican, Dad's Catholic, so we were never baptised as children. And then it kind of came to schooling and I they'd kind of decided that Sacred Heart might be a good option. So, so I am baptised now, Yeah. Um, but I'm not an active member of the church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it there. <laughs> um, did you have to do RE throughout? Yes. Do you think that's annoying? Looking um, back at it now, the I, fact that like it potentially took up a subject that you could have been utilising like as a science or PE or something. I didn't because um, I remember each paper was worth six credits, and I was a little bit. Um, I strove for excellence at school, yep. so to me it was a good, easy way to get six excellence credits. So it was lots oh, of yeah. like essay writing. So, so I English. quite enjoyed English. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't really didn't face me. It was just a good opportunity to get a lot of credits i just always thought that'll be annoying to have to take something that you don't potentially use or is useful in any way is that university yeah it is yeah oh wow yeah so i didn't care how i got them i just wanted excellence (laughs) so straight out of high school what did you get up to um so i finished high school and went straight into nursing so um, why nursing Great question. I decided probably only halfway through year 13 that that's what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to help people. I knew that that's kind of where my passion was going to lie. Um, And I also thought eventually I would want to travel. So I kind of saw nursing as a good, like, gateway to get me, like, around the world, I suppose. How does nursing get you around the world? It's super... Like, it's a very um, in-demand job, so mm. I could pretty much go anywhere and nurse. So do you not need it, like, say, New Zealand nursing is the same as Australia, same as English? It's all slightly different, so you can take, like, different... Um, if I was going to, the, like, the UK, for example, mm-hmm. I'd have to do a different exam. Um, but Australia, you just apply for, like, the registration and yeah. then that's it. Huh. Mm. So why, why did you feel... Where did that... I suppose nurturing, looking after people come from? I don't know. It's just... What what yeah, enlightened you to do that? Like, I don't, what I suppose drew it's you that way? The, f- the feeling that you get after you... Help somebody. Yeah. So money was obviously never a driving force. No, it's not something I ever um, yeah. considered. <laughs> do you think that's also because of your childhood was never... Definitely. Like, it wasn't never a struggle to... Yeah, no. It was never really something that I had to think about. Yeah. Not in like a... Not in a bad way, but it just no. meant that you weren't driven, like money wasn't everything in your world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had some room for like, yeah, passion in there as well. Yeah. Um. So nature versus nurture. So you, you're pretty much a very nurturing person. Most of the time. Nursing's yeah. potentially hardened me a little bit. Oh, yeah? So if you ask James, he probably thinks absolutely <laughs> not nurturing at all. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, he comes home with like a cut on his finger or something. I'm like, well, you should have seen what oh, I saw at yeah. work today. Um, but no, I, I would like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be a good mum one day? I hope so. 
Yeah. <laughs> a dog and the cat's doing all right. Yeah, they're, they're surviving, so must be doing something right. Um, So you're in a limited pay, correct me if I'm wrong, but nursing is very limited because yes. you're, not, you're not really selling a material or service. You're getting paid by the government. Yeah. And I understand now money was never a thing for you, but how do you get more money in nursing? Like obviously, the, through experience, you'll get up to a point, and I'm assuming you're just going to hit a cap pretty early. Yeah. So seven years experience, and you hit your cap as a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. So I'm about to enter my sixth year as nursing of nursing. So I'm almost at that. Yeah. Um, but I'm about to do. I've already got my postgrad certificate. Um, so I'm about to start my postgrad diploma in a couple of weeks. What's that? So. Basically, if you want to move up in nursing, so if you want to become like a nurse educator or um, charge nurse or associate charge nurse or clinical nurse specialist or mm-hmm. basically if you want to move up, then you have to do more study on top of your nursing degree to basically get these jobs. Do you have to do seven years of nursing? No. No? No. So seven years of nursing, you hit the cap, but to exceed that cap, you go into more specialised nursing? Yeah. Or not necessarily, uh, I suppose, yeah, more specialised, but it kind of depends. But say, as well as, is that nurse teaching, were you saying? You can teach other nurses? Um, Like, if you're an educator, so each ward has an educator, so Mm. the educator is responsible for making sure that the nurses on the floor are, like, educated. Mm -hmm. So they set up, like, in-services and teaching opportunities and help, them upskill so you can't just like go and do something and you have to be signed off for certain yeah. skills so they're kind of responsible for so that. to spice it up like your career you just really need to upskill yourself and study more basically yeah so like I don't know where I want to go from where I'm at at the moment but I know that I don't just want to sit on step seven forever so I'm yeah. going to do my postgrad so that I have more options. I'm assuming that there's many different sectors within the hospital that you could be assigned to. So many. So you can say every year change. Absolutely. Sec- do yeah, you call it sector you department? Like yeah, department. Have you done that, or have um, you stuck to? One? I oh not so much. Like I love, I love ward nursing. I don't do it anymore because of the hours, mm. but I absolutely loved ward nursing. So I did that for. Four and a half, five years. Is that the shift work stuff? Yeah. Yep. Did that fuck with your sleep? Oh, so much. And it's not until you get out of it that you realise, like, how just almost, like, numb you are. Like, you just kind of go through the motions. Especially if you do, like, a lot of night shifts or PM shifts or whatever. Because you're constantly changing shifts. There's not, like, a set routine to it. I've heard a lot of bad um, research on shift work, mm-hmm. eh? Yeah. Causing like cancers later on the track, and I'm not surprised. Just fucking with your your body clock in that. Yeah, like you're living off four hours sleep, and you're expected to caffeine. Eh? Oh, absolutely. Do you have a cafeteria? Um, there is, but but that's shit, eh? Yeah, and it's like it's not open on night shifts or anything, so oh. you just kind of take your own. I used to come up to night shift with like a coffee, a Powerade, water, like tea. All yeah. the beverages, because you just... It was I suppose even, like, like, lunch break, you wouldn't be able to pop out and grab something. You could, but well, not it really. takes your yeah, whole lunch night, break. Oh, night, night shift. Yeah. No, no, no. You it's just like have to take your own snacks. Nah. But it's almost like being hungover, because, you know, when you're hungover and you just don't really know what you feel like? Yeah. It kind of. 
I, I'm more. I'm normally like sleep deprived is my uh, issue. And I just mosey around. I uh, yeah. I get hungover and I feel like unsatisfied when it comes to beverages, and I yeah. want like chocolate milk and orange juice and water yeah. I sometimes do, like have a sugary crave or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So like night shift was like that. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, horrific stories as a nurse. What have you got? Oh, got any just, gruesome stuff? What's the yes worst no, thing like you've I, seen? I can't really share, obviously, too much, but, like, I am a plastics nurse, so with plastics, there's lots of, like, fingers off and that kind of thing, so that's always interesting. Any, like, scalp, you know, when they peel it back and then put it back down, have you seen that? Yep, yep, we um, take, like, I, yeah, we take skin cancers off, so you see a lot of, yeah. like, the inside stuff, but... And that doesn't... Freak you out? Has no. blood freaked you out? No, blood doesn't. The thing that freaks me out is sputum. Is what? Like spit. And what do you call it? Sputum? Sputum, yeah. That's what grosses me out. What, so people just spitting at you? Or like people with or chesty drooling. coughs and like hoiking up. Oh, so like phlegm. Yeah, and then they leave it on their bedside in a container. That grosses me out. That of all things? Yeah. Give me anything else, just don't give me that. Wow. <laughs> um... So I'd imagine you had also seen a few deaths. Actually, not too many. No, oh. I've been really lucky. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to ask, like, how do you deal with suffering? Um, like, well, th- through experience of talking to other nurses potentially as well, share their knowledge. Yeah, well, with my like limited experience with death, I've always kind of been a surgical nurse, so I'm lucky that I don't have to deal with that a lot. But you kind of see. You see the whole end, so you see them like become more unresponsive and whatnot, mm-hmm. and so you're just trying to make them as comfortable as possible for their family. Like it's it's really showing me that if it's like a, a slow death and it's expected, then it is more so for the family. Yeah. But you can make it like, not nice, it's never nice, but nicer to watch, I suppose, or easier to yeah. watch. Yeah, two questions. Has it made you appreciate life more and the other one was has it made you like real sensitive to things happening and getting hurt like would you be an overprotective mother I think I'd be the opposite so let them I think learn it's, uh, you almost get like numb to it yeah like you, okay. s- you go to work and you see these horrific things it's and you hear of these normality. horrific yeah okay and then so has it what you do your line of work made you like value life a bit more than before you started um, Realising it's a bit more precious than what you kind of thought. Yes. And it's also a little bit scary knowing all the things that can mm. go wrong. Like you see so much of the bad that it's almost like hard to believe that it doesn't happen to everyone because it feels like it does. Yeah. Because that's your line of work. So that's what you see. Mm. Yeah. So why was this a turning point getting into nursing for you? Is it just becoming more like an adult maturity first job? I think job, so. And like main job. I had a obviously like an lucky childhood I was like I didn't know everything that was out there yeah. and like the hardships that family face and all those kinds of things like we you see a lot of that in hospital and it's not until you actually like you hear about it but it's not until you see it firsthand, firsthand that yeah. it really like hits home um so with what nurses see all that kind of stuff um are you guys provided like therapy or anything you, I think it's the same as like a lot of workplaces. You can access like a few free sessions, mm-hmm. 
as you've named. Yeah. Um, if there's like a traumatic experience or something happens um, within your workplace, then they often do debriefing. And you can go to people like your charge nurses or educators and whatnot and kind of initiate a debrief yeah, as to well. Get further steps as well. If yeah, needed. yeah. But in the form, in the way of like formal support, there's, as far as I'm aware anyway, or yeah. what I've experienced, I, yeah, there's not a whole lot. Um, have you experienced burnout then? Um, yes. I suppose through I that, night, so. that shift work stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, just mentally exhausted. You go through periods on the ward, well, when I was on the ward, you go through periods of having, we call like heavy, heavy patient loads, where it's just like never ending, and you go to work and you don't stop until you come home, and like, yeah, just little things like that. It hasn't been until I've stopped doing shift work that I've realised like how just exhausted I was. Is it salary? Um, or can, depending on what you're doing. Is it what, sorry? Salary, best wage. Oh, so... It's like a salary, but it's like no nurse really works full time, mm-hmm. so they have like your full time equivalent salary. But you guys work a lot of overtime, though, don't you? Yes, so it's essentially hourly because if you work more hours, you get paid for it if you put it in. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh shit. Um, do you have you ever felt overworked and underpaid? Uh absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Why is that? Just some of the things that you. Have to deal with. Deal with sometimes. Not so much in my job now, but on the ward, you could be coordinating with a student with a full load, be a nurse down and needing to sort out everyone else's things as well or help them sort out their things and still make sure that nurses get to like breaks on time and that they're okay. And you just walk away at the end of the day and you've... Don't even get a pat on the back and just job done next day. Um. Have you ever been treated like shit by like your patients and that? Yes. Like, does that happen quite often? <laughs> yes. How do you deal with that? You just, it's got a thick skin now. Yeah. Get a thick skin. Water off a duck's back. <laughs> um, I kind of want to dig deeper into that in terms of like, how can people be better? Like, what is something like, what is a busy, like, you've explained a busy, busy day and then someone else coming in with really negative shit. Like, how should we approach that differently? Like, is there, everybody just needs to do a bit of meditation before they walk in, you know, have a deep breath, but what if there's, like, these COVID rules and regulations now? Mm. What if there's a patient dying and you can only have one visitor? Yeah. Like, and then they're firing up. Like, how do you deal with that? Because they want more visitors. Yeah. Um, you, we're lucky in the hospital there's lots of, like, layers to... Um, like people that you can call, mm-hmm. but also as well, I think it's understanding and appreciating that everyone's got their own shit going on. Like we're in hospital, no one wants to be there. Yeah, but trying best to explain that it's not just for, it's not just a rule for them; it's a rule for everyone. Mm. Although, like if someone's at the end of their life, then we are a lot more lenient. We were on the ward I worked yeah. on. We're a lot more lenient on um, visitors and whatnot because. You only get that chance once. You, so you need more compassion, really. Yeah, absolutely. Some, I think that's some a good word for stubborn, it. Eh? Yeah, they are. Some people, yeah, think you the can't world owes them something. To fuck off. Yeah, no, you can't. It's not like see customer services or you just lose a sale. Yeah, it's no, not that. No, you still have to come back the next day and deal with the same family members, yeah, same the same shit, patients. Hey? Yeah. Um, do you have any issues with doctors? 
like um, the hierarchy of doctors thinking that they're way better than you and treating you like shit. Does that some, happen? Yeah, sometimes. And if, does even all the nurses be like, "Oh, don't want to work with him or her"? You, yes. Are there a couple? Sometimes, but you don't get a choice. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. But like, is there? Yeah, is there those wankers? Yeah. yeah, I suppose it's like that. Is it not in every workplace? I'd assume so. Yeah, there's definitely somewhat of a hierarchy, yeah. especially on the ward. But you just, yeah, it's just another obstacle. Did you work through COVID? I did, yeah. How hard was that? I The first COVID lockdown was working in the private hospital, so it was quite different. Um, the second lockdown, honestly, it was kind of nice. We had hardly any patients. <laughs> there was no surgeries. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't nice because there was people in hospital who couldn't have visitors, but yeah. from like a, it was like a bit of a break. So, For a little bit, yeah. anyway. What about, like, your face masks and stuff? Was that quite tedious? We're still doing that. So that just... Face masks, face shields. Face masks, yeah. Face shields and whatnot, that was awful, but I didn't work on a COVID ward, so I only had to do that for yeah. a couple of shifts if we had suspected. What's your opinion on still wearing a face mask? I don't see... I could be wrong, for mm-hmm. sure, but I don't see it ending in hospitals, well, in New Zealand anyway, for a long time. I've just seen that there's like a Kraken variant that's yeah. made it to us. There's shores. always going to be something. But is it not just the same as like a flu? Well, yeah, that's why I think that we are going to end up wearing face masks because if you didn't have your flu vaccine already in hospital over winter period, then you had to wear a mask. So I just think they're just going to make it always. We're already like short-staffed nurses and doctors. Yeah. So if they can break the spread somehow, I feel like they're going to. Yeah, it's a hard one, eh? Because mm. there's no right answer. No. There's always ways you can go nitpick. Exactly. It's not nice, for sure. But, I mean, it just feels like the normal now. Yeah. So there's still quite a lot of rules and regulations in place. Yeah. For that. To yeah. stop prevention. Yeah. Visitors stop are spreading. still, like, limited. Mm. So, yeah, there's still quite a lot in place. And we're still short-staffed because of COVID. Fuck, it sucks, eh? Yeah, it does. How do you reckon we overcome this? Just Any ideas, like, like more vaccines? Are they, yeah, if it's just going to keep mutating. Then it's like, weird, eh? Yeah. Did you do biology at school? No, I didn't. Chemistry or anything? I did chemistry. Yeah. Do you know anything about viruses and shit? Not really, no. I just, yeah, it's just going to, it's There's one thing that, like, time, annoys so. me is, like, the fact is, say, COVID, I don't know what it was first called, but COVID came out, and then they sped through the process to get vaccinations. Mm-hmm. And during that time, again, vaccinations that developed, mutated. Yep. And then, okay, now we've got vaccine that is, like, through record time of getting a vaccine for something mm-hmm. to accommodate, to battle against that first variation. Yeah. So we get that, you know, and then it's mutated. Oh, fuck, we need another jab. Yeah. Oh, it's mutated again. Oh, now we need a booster. Yeah. But it's like the whole mutation, I don't, I'm no scientist, but I feel like we need to stop ramming that initial one mm. into people, but... And look what else can Yeah, done. we should yeah. be able to mutate, I suppose, yeah. develop our vaccine. But yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no scientist. But Who knows? It's hard to say because who knows where we would have been if we didn't have the vaccine. Oh, 100%. Like, just, yeah, no doubt about it. It's definitely saved a lot of lives. Mm. Yeah, it's like, a like just, just getting another booster, I don't think is the right answer. But like, imagine all the money that we've lost. and Like, there's oh, God, no, yeah. no one in a good position. Oh, well, there is the, the pharmaceutical companies, but. Other than that. Like it 
COVID itself fucked up a lot of things. Eh? Oh, God, yeah. And so one of your potential turning points was not going overseas. No. Which was a resultant of COVID. Yes. How did that make you feel? Um, gutted, obviously. But I'm grateful that we didn't go. Mm. So we were set to go June, I think it was. April, May. Yeah, start of June, I think. Maybe like the 4th of June or something. Um, and we decided end of April not to go. So we had like handed in our notices um, and yeah, we were all set to go. We had our plane tickets, we had our visas, we'd booked trips around because at the time James's um, sister and her partner were over there. Mm-hmm. So we'd booked like a trip to Greece and we were going to Portugal and all these different places. Fuck. And so we had to cancel it all. Did you lose much money in that? We got back our plane tickets luckily. Yeah. But we lost our visa money. So that was like a good, just over three grand between us. Three grand for a visa? Between us, for both of us. Yeah, so like uh, one and a half grand? Yeah. Just for the working visa? Yeah. Fuck. I never realised it was that expensive. Yeah, well, that's how much it was at the time. Fuck. Are you going to go still? Uh, now, we're not going to go and work. Our priorities yeah. have changed. Like, I still remember, me and James were talking about it last night, actually. Um, I saw our cat on Facebook and he's, he has one eye like myself and I rang James and I was like, are we going overseas or not? And he was like, <laughs> why? Because I, I want this cat. If we're not going overseas and I'm getting this cat. Yeah. And he was just like, okay, we'll just go and get the cat. Like COVID was a thing. We were kind of like, we just needed something to decide that it wasn't going to be right. And so, yeah, we went and got the cat and it was. So what are the uh, benefits of not going? So you got a cat? What else? Yeah, you see you're kind of grateful for. Yeah. yeah. So dogs are. I think now, like, we're how many years now? Two? Three? Three, probably. Yeah. yeah three. three years old. We're that much older, and, like, now we're going to get married, which is fun, and mm. we're prepared to go to Europe for a holiday, but... Honeymoon. Yeah. I don't know if we can afford both, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll save for it. But just in different places now, we have, like, we've got a nephew now, our mm. friends are all getting married and just there's just so much more here now that we don't want to miss out on if we go and live over there and like we'd be probably both taking steps back in our career so it's just different priorities yep I'm just still trying to think how that's a, a benefit because that's somewhat a natural progression of life having yeah it is uh, more family members more things to do but I suppose that like, you got a lot done around the house yeah. It's an investment, really. Yeah. You, and you like, expanded your family with Odie, the dog. Yeah. We've never... We've done, like, little bits of travel, and we still have over the last, like, little bit, but I suppose we ne- we don't know what we're missing out on, whereas, like, someone in your position, you've travelled, you know exactly what we're missing out on. So we'll still do it one day, but... Yeah, but I was not. still in the same boat where I couldn't do anything during COVID. Mm. COVID, I suppose, didn't really hit me too hard because I didn't have any grand plans. Yeah. But you had grand plans. That's what I'm kind of meaning. Is like, yeah. Now, so that was one of your turning points, kind of ish. But if we take it back, because I j- jump forward, you lost your eye. I did. I did. <laughs> How? Um. So I was. Tell us about it. <laughs> I was driving back from Cambridge. I've yeah. just been to a naturopath appointment. What's a naturopath? Um, like a natural health kind of. Person. All right, should we take it back again to James? 
when you're on your oh. house buzz. Yeah, yes, yep. Okay, so prior to the eye, after nursing, so you're a nurse at this stage? No. No, you no we met before I graduated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So meeting old Jimmy yep. was a key turning point for you? It was, it was. So Why? Just before James, for like probably the year prior, um, I think, so even like going back a little bit further, like starting uni, I had all this free time, I had money, not really a lot, but you know, like a yeah. part-time job, and so I gained weight as I had stopped doing like, I had been playing hockey twice a week. And training twice a week. And so what happens when you leave school, so, eh? Yeah. You get money, you start buying your own food. Exactly. It was bad. Yeah. Um, but then I decided to, you know, like get into health and fitness and I did. I worked out a lot, like twice a day for a good like five, six days a week. Damn. Yeah. It, I suppose I had the time. Yeah. I couldn't imagine doing that now, but, um, and I like counted macros. So I was super into like. Do you think it was a bit toxic? Absolutely. So you went a bit too far. What was the driving force? Was it body image? Yep. What were you looking at? What were you consuming to to why it made you kind of go that way? I think I just never, like all through high school and whatnot, I'd always been smaller, I suppose, because yeah. I was active. And all of a sudden in the space of a year, mm. I was like 10 kgs heavier and just felt uncomfortable. And so was it, like, did you just see people on Instagram, or was it just a generic, like, you see posters of lemon lingerie stuff, and you're like, shit, I shouldn't be looking like the way I am, I need to look like that? Is that what was... Some of it, yes, but some of it, I think, came from knowing what I had looked like, mm. and I wasn't happy with where I was. So then where did the counting macros, because that's That was social there. media, yeah, for sure. And what gym were you going to? Um, a little gym in Rototuna yeah. called Physiques, and I liked it because it wasn't intimidating. Everyone was super nice. It felt like a really good place to start. So if you fast forward to now, do you, are you at all like that? You're not fixated in health as much as you were, right? No, we So why did meeting Jimmy kind of change your perspective on all that? Meeting James, he's just like, he's so himself that it's mm. so easy to just like be comfortable around him so I would never made he never made me feel like I had to like look a certain way or be a certain person for so him. you weren't working your ass off to get the boys no it was you're working your ass off for yourself yeah and then you meet Jimmy and you realize that it is okay to be yeah and I suppose like a new relationship like we'd go out and eat and go out for drinks and all that kind of thing and it just really so you normalised yeah. normality, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Normalised what you do in adulthood. Absolutely. Which, right. yeah, he it was just like a natural progression, it felt like. But yeah. if I, I don't know, if I hadn't met someone different, it could have been completely different. So that you're, you call it naturopath? Mm-hmm. Is that, what was that for, sorry? Um, gut issues, mostly. Oh, okay, so it's not related to your health, fitness kind no. of case. No. Right. So meeting Jimmy, he, so before that, so high school, you gained weight. Yeah. You got into toxic health kind of yep. stuff. Started becoming a nurse. You became a nurse. You met Jimmy at the same time. And then you had a fatal accident. Not fatal. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, sorry. My English. <laughs> but a, a, a devastating. Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I was driving home from Cambridge one day and it was um, going around a bend mm-hmm. and a young person in a ute just didn't see me and pulled out. And so I swerved the car. I had never been in an accident. Like I didn't know mm. what to do, relying on defensive driving from when I was 16. Is <laughs> <laughs> that to get your licence faster? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I swerved the car and managed to, the front of my car went into his front tyre mm-hmm. about in the middle of the road and then my car went across the other side. So I'm lucky that no other cars were coming the other mm-hmm. way um, and ended up in a hedge. Okay. Yeah. So from that, you lost an eyeball. Yes. So, well, I didn't lose it initially. Well, uh, your vision in one eye. Yes. Yep. So, Sorry, my technicality is not there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when the, I never lost consciousness, but as the airbag went off, it essentially like popped my eye. Explain. Yeah. So it like literally cut down the front of it. So I have a, still a scar like up. Just under my eyebrow, my okay. eyelid, and then went down my eye. So when you say pop, was that because there was so much force pressing against it, it kind of squashed open? It, or was like, it the air you The, the airbag literally was just, just so hard and fast, it just like split it. I just whacked it, yeah, like as if a boxing fight, you get hit and it splits. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. So okay. I, That's my analogy. Yeah. How do I? Yeah. So your eyeball split. Yes. The front, straight down the middle. Yeah, it did. And so... Oh, first feelings. I didn't know. So I remember sitting there and thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> There's like so what? much blood in my eye I can't see. Yeah. And that was it. And, like, there was blood because, like, my eyelid was split, my under eyebrow was split. Yeah. But I never entered my mind. Mm. And so I remember seeing smoke everywhere because I didn't know that airbags let off, like, a little bit of smoke when mm-hmm. they go off. And I just remember thinking shit, i got to get out. And so... Like fire, kind of. Yeah. Yep, yep. The I suppose you're in, like, survival mode by then, too. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Crash, bang, eye, blood, smoke. Yep. Get the fuck out. Yeah. And so the driver of the other car came over, and he said, are you all right? And I said, yep. And he said, <laughs> can you call an ambulance? And I kind of looked at him, and I was like, uh, okay. Thinking, you're fine. <laughs> I'm bleeding, and you want yeah. me to call the ambulance. But anyway, I called the ambulance, and then... One of the like people who pulled over, they came and grabbed the phone off me and they were um, talking to the ambulance. And then the whole like adrenaline thing happened where you're getting like really hot and clammy yeah. and like don't really know what's going on. So this um, lady came over and she was just sitting with me and she was a nurse as well. So she, yeah, she was just sitting with me until the ambulance came Um witness person he was on the phone to like the police and the ambulance he rang James for me because it happened just outside of Cambridge and James was working in Mm -hmm. Cambridge so he came um yeah and then the ambulance came and I got in the ambulance and they said to me could you see after straight after it happened and I was like to them yeah like what are you talking about so I had no idea I had absolutely no idea and yeah James didn't come in the ambulance with me. I think we both didn't really realise what was going on. He had to drive his car back to site and get, like, the van, work van back to site and bring his yeah. car to the hospital, so... How old were you? I was... Was it 20? 21? 20... 21. I think, yeah. 
it's a pretty traumatic experience for yeah. both of you, really. Yeah. Especially like even James having a loved one going yeah. through something like that, seeing you in a state, your car in a state, not yeah. knowing what's going on. He was amazing though. Like it was, yeah, he did everything I could have asked for. So at what point did you get told that your vision was gone? Or did you know? They never really told me to yeah. start with. So I came to ED, was in recess, and they like cut off a um, styrofoam cup and put that, like taped that over my eye. And <laughs> yeah, so random. Um, what, you're talking at the bottom of the cup, so it's kind of like a shield? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that's common practice, but that's what happened. <laughs> but at no point did anyone say to me, like, we think this is what's going on. So I was in recess, they, it was sore, so I had, like, lots of pain relief, mm-hmm. some morphine, some fentanyl, anti-nausea, because that all made me feel sick. And I just remember thinking, like, this is crazy, like, this, I'm fine. Mm. And they were worried that I'd, like, fractured my C-spine, like, up in my neck so they wouldn't let me go toilet and all I wanted to go to do was go toilet and they I was just like why is everyone like why can I not yeah. I just didn't feel like it was that big of a deal and then little did you know yeah and then they like consented me for surgery that was fine and then I did you know what your surgery is for they said they just I think if I wasn't a nurse I wouldn't have obviously known so I think that they probably could have and should have explained to me more what was going on. Mm-hmm. So they consented me for an EUA of my globe. What's an EUA? So that's an exploration under anaesthetic and your globe is your eye. Okay. But I didn't know that at the time. I'd never done anything to do with eyes. So when you say consented, what do you mean by that? So you I had to approval. sign the consent form to say, yeah. And then... But you didn't even know what they're doing? Not really, No. Because it's su- like you're in recess. You're in like. What's recess? Recess is where you go if you're like someone's cardiac arresting or like a major MVA, like motor vehicle accident or anything yeah. like that. So that's like where everyone's there. Okay. So that's why I thought it was overkill. Yeah. So then because I'd had so much um, medication, my friend, she was there because we had plans and James rang her to tell her what was going on. So she came to the hospital. Um, Mum was there with me, but she's not very good at medical stuff. Yeah. So she was sitting down trying not to pass out. Yeah, yeah. So my friend had to consent for me as well. Um, and then they, everyone was talking around me, but no one was really talking to me at this point. So the registrar, she was talking about a globe rupture, and we were like, what is that? So my friend and my mum Googled it. They didn't tell me at the time what was going on, but they... Like, we just didn't really know, I suppose, what was going on. So, yeah, from there I went into surgery, came back to the ward, and all my family was waiting on the ward for me, so that was nice. And then I got back at, I think, like, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I just... Um, when you mean got back, you mean to your house? Or? Oh, to the ward. To the ward, yeah. Yeah. And then the next day... They had to take the bandages off my head and I still didn't really know what was going on. So my nurse undid my bandage off my head and, and I said to her, oh, I can't see. And she just didn't say anything. What? Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> so 
So uh, it wasn't do you, do you really think, in like looking back now, that they never told you so you didn't get overwhelmed? Probably, but also going into theatre, they didn't know what they were going to find. Mm-hmm. So they were going in to explore. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know that essentially everything in my eye had like leaked out. So there was no, nothing, nothing to work with. Yeah. There was nothing to repair. Yeah. Fuck, that's bad, eh? Yeah. Woo. But it wasn't until that moment. Yeah, so they took really it off and you're like, shit, I can't see. Yeah. So what happened from there? Um, from there, oh, I, they made me stay in hospital two nights. I only wanted to stay one, but they made me stay an extra night. But it was like lots of testing because they wanted to see if things like everything in there that was left was all scattered. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to see if they gave it time, if things were kind of heal around. So I had like um, lots of testing done. I could see some, I couldn't see colour, but I could feel light almost. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you shut your eyes and you still yeah. get that sensation of like light and dark, I could have a little bit of that in like the corners so they were just doing testing on that and they like have this gun and they blow ear onto your eye. So they test the pressure of your eye and just that was kind of my day for a little bit. So um, eventually you got a glass eye. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know. What was the process like in getting that? Like was it a lengthy process? Was it easy? It was. So after my... After my first operation, I still had my eye. Mm -hmm. So I still had something in there. And then I essentially had two weeks. It was meant to be, but I pushed it out to three to make a decision. So I was either told I could keep the eye that I did have, but it was blue. So my eyes aren't blue, but I'd lost my iris. And I could do that and get a, a fake eye, I suppose, to go over top of that. So I would have had a bit more movement. So that um, would be kind of like a, um, a, what do you call it, contact lens over top of your eye? No, it essentially would have been what I have now. Yeah. But. Over top of your. Over top of the. Okay, yep, yeah. Yeah, what was still there. Um, and then I could have not worn it all the time if I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But um, my friend, she took me out one time. We were going to get coffee. And I was like, I don't want to go out. Like, my eye at this point was blue. Like, it was pretty much flat. Like. I didn't want to go out. And she was like, it'll be fine. No one's going to notice. No one's going to say anything. And we went to a drive through coffee place and I was in the passenger seat and the lady taking the order was like, oh, what happened to your eye? And I, we just looked at each other and we were like, fuck, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? So that kind of for me was like, nah, like I don't want to do this. Yeah. So I was told that if I kept that eye that I did have, then there was a higher chance of my and this is my understanding of it, my immune system attacking my good eye, and I just didn't want that at all. Mm-hmm. So I chose to have my eye taken out completely, and they put like an implant. Reminds me of like a ping pong ball. Yeah. They wrapped it in donor sclera, I think it is, just like a part. Yeah, and it is just in one area, the other for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were able to like attach it to the muscles behind my eye, so oh, I do true. have some movement. Yeah. yeah, so my muscles weren't damaged. Um, and then from there, I had to wait to get my fake eye, this eye, until the swelling had gone down. So it was like five days of. It was so, so sore. Mm. Like they discharged me on paracetamol, 
and I cried. And so they gave me some tramadol and then I went home. All right. When you cried, did tears still come out of the eye? Yeah, they do. Right. Cry from both. Right. Um, and then the next Sorry, day. Sorry, question. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> um, I've definitely had it before. The next day, mum took me back to ED because I was like just. In pain. Yeah, ED. it was horrific. So they gave me a bit of pain relief after that. But it was just five days of like sitting in a dark room. If I moved too fast, if I like even moved my eyes too fast while they were closed, I'd get that like real like migrainey headache kind of feel. So did you have an eye patch on? Like a big bandage. Yeah, but then also um, so stretching your good eye, looking, both eyes follow each other. Yep. So activating those muscles were quite painful. Yeah, it was so sore. So I literally uh, just slept for five days until they took the bandage off and everything yep. had settled down. And then I, at first I didn't mind, it was kind of, was what it was, but in the end I ended up emailing my um, ophthalmologist and being like, hey, like, when can I get this prosthetic made? Like, it's really starting to affect my mental health, I Mm -hmm. don't leave the house as much, like, it's, you know, like, it it begs to be asked questions, so, you know, every time I was going out, people were asking, and so finally after, I think, maybe nine weeks... I got my prosthetic and it was It's a long time, eh? So yeah. were you the time it wasn't it was it was for your eye socket and stuff to get back down to normal. It wasn't to actually get the eye made. No. So how do they match your eye colour? The guy is incredible. He literally just, just look at it and go. It. Oh no shit. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's not a it's not a glass ball or anything, so it's kind of what just like a like a shell. Shell. Yeah. Do you mind if I look closer? Yeah, go for it. So yeah, it's pretty well done, to be honest. Mm. And so how come it, so it moves a small amount, right? And that's based on your muscles connecting to... It's like what it sits in front of. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, yeah, it's pretty remarkable what they can do, right? Yeah, it definitely is. So, yeah. That was one of my questions is depression. How, How did that, how did it hit you? Um, I don't just not being able to socialise, not getting outside because of you're afraid of judgement. Is that the kind of thing? And just being sheltered. Yeah. Like you couldn't I don't do think I was ever... Normal yeah. stuff anymore. Yeah. It was... Yeah, it was a... I don't know. Like, I think I was more anxious than anything. I wasn't... I just didn't sometimes want to deal with the questions. It was... Yeah. I never, like... I never really went through the, like, I wish it didn't happen to me. Like, obviously, you know, if... You don't want it to happen to you, but I never yeah. really like went through that. It was like this has happened, and how am I going to cope with it? But, like, where what does did that it mentality like? come from? I don't know. Were I you just, a nurse at that stage? I was. Yeah. So at one point, my surgeon he turned around and said to me, "You need to stop being a nurse and start being a patient yeah. because everyone, it like people have said to me now, like you almost took it too well. Like we were waiting for you to Wipe up. not be okay. Yeah." So you kind of knew accidents happened, so you kind of took it on the chin, this is what's happened, um, but then the fact of not being able to get outside, that kind of thing, that mm. that's where the depression hit, and then so anxiety I, of what judgment of other people. Yeah, I still went out, I had mm. some glasses, and we put tape, my doctor put tape on the inside of them, so it was like whited out. Oh, yeah. So I got sick of sitting at home, <laughs> theme yeah. of my life at the moment. Um, I got sick of sitting at home on ACC, so I went back to work early. And I got a lot of questions at work, because obviously being a nurse, you see... Yeah, you see heaps of people. Yeah, yeah. So 
I think that's in the end what got to me was going out to all these places and people still asking why or like what's happened or yeah. like you know I'd go to the supermarket and the person behind the checkout would ask. So how did you so overcome this? I I, th- I like I had amazing support. Yeah, that was my next point. Your support structure. Yeah, I have. I still have amazing support for sure. Um, I talked to a psy- psychologist. Mm-hmm. That was my doctor really pushed for that. My surgeon really pushed for that. Uh, what kind of skills did you learn from doing that? Um, I had some PTSD from the crash, mm-hmm. so I've never really enjoyed driving. Mm-hmm. Like if someone else wanted to drive, I've always been like absolutely go for it. But the picture in my mind stuck for a long time of when the crash actually happened and like my hands on the steering wheel yeah. looking down at my knees. And that picture just stuck in my mind for like a long time. So they gave me, helped me like show my mind that that wasn't, like that it was just a picture. Mm-hmm. So we kind of played with like making it black and white or like turning upside down, like just little things like that to show my brain that it's like it's just a picture. Yeah. But other than that, like, I don't, I don't know. So was getting the fake eye a key point in that recovery? Absolutely. Not having to wear glasses. Yeah, it stopped the questions as much. Still, I get questions, and I was actually thinking about this as well because after the accident, I made a big post for mm-hmm. on Facebook, and I thought to myself, like, would I have done that still now? But I think that's my, like, way of taking ownership of it. Mm -hmm. And, like, still now, like, if I get hay fever, sometimes my eye sits higher than normal. Is that because of your muscles? Yeah, or just allergies, inflammation. You get sore eyes with hay fever, I suppose. Yeah, inflammation, yeah, pushing it. Yeah. So still now, if I go into situations where I don't know people as well or whatever, then I feel like I have to say it first. And I, like, before questions get asked. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where my anxiety comes in. Like, I don't want to be asked. I want to be normal. Like, I want it to be normal. So if I say something first, then it's How it's does that normally thing. come out? I just say it. Like, Trying to, like, a, like a, if people know, then I'll just say, like, you oh. Go, oh, hey, I'm Becca. Don't worry, this is a glass eyeball. Not really, but. That's what I mean. Like, like how do you just pop, drop it out? I don't I'd know. imagine people just think you've got a bung eye and be like, oh, you're weird. Yeah, but, like. I don't want people to think that. Yeah, so that's your anxiety. That you just you, yeah. you want people to know why you don't look normal. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, but without and like not in a like pity me way. And yeah. like a this is my thing, and I want I want to take ownership of it so that you can't make it into whatever you think it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, so you know the truth, really. Yeah. So, how did that support structure help you? Like, what did you? Like you say you call your parents and. What not all the time? Was that kind of built from from that incident? Um, probably more so. Yeah. I would say. I just think it, yeah, made me realize how lucky I am to have all the people in my life that I do. So, if someone's going through um, an accident, whatever, uh, what's some advice that you that you liked from your friends and family during that period? Like, is it just checking in, seeing how you are, asking if you want to go out? Yeah. Best thing that people did for me in that time was took me out. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an option to sit at home. Like at the time, we were James and I were um, flatting with some friends, and she was a nurse's bow. And on her days off, we would get coffee and we'd go for a walk. And it was I just like 
if I had have needed the space to be sad and dwell and like find comfort in my bad feelings, they would have let that happen. But they, I think they, everyone saw that I just wanted to move forward. I just wanted to know what my life was going to look like, like this. Yeah. And so they kind of helped that. So they're kind of a catalyst to get you back on the track, really. Yeah, yeah. So just be aiding and supportive in any way you can. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so what's changed in your day-to-day life? Like wow. uh, I've written down like catching, driving, or yeah. depth perception. Yeah. So what? I essentially have pretty much no depth perception mm-hmm. anymore. So like um, – I remember the first time I went home and poured a glass of water and I completely missed the cup. No shit. And like you just think, how can you miss the cup? Yeah, But like yeah, you yeah. just, you've no like nothing yeah. like that. So catching is hard. Um, not impossible, but it's harder. And I've never been good at catching to start with. So now you've got an fun. excuse. Yeah, 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 good excuse. Um, yeah, but even like little things like... Um, James and I will play cricket with our little cricket set yep. at the park and like it's harder to swing and hit a ball because you just that judgment's not there and um I find at work like if I'm cutting stitches then it's hard so I tell the doctors all the doctors now that I work with regularly know because I do have to take my time and there is little things that I can do but I have to give things more thought yeah like um, walking down stairs yeah stairs to me look flat unless they've got something on the end of it to like tell me that the yeah. next steps there kind of thing. Last night when I was writing up my stuff, I was thinking about it. Yeah, and I closed <laughs> my eye, and I don't think I did it long enough to cast a proper judgment on it. But thinking stairs are flat, fuck me. Yeah, it's I'm like the clumsiest person as is. Let so like now when you're driving as well, because you're peripheral, you got none. Mm. Like, how's <laughs> that? Do you just fucking rub a neck all the time? Yeah, or I do. So utilize we, I got your mirrors a new, more, I'd imagine. Yeah. I yeah. got a new car, and so our mm. new car, luckily, like has little lights and stuff on it and sensors, so I know that if a car's coming up the side of me. But otherwise, I'm just rubbernecking it. Shit. Looking around. And like, that's why I don't enjoy long-distance driving or anything. Like it's, yeah. I find it very stressful because it's just like so much more exhausting because mm. I just yeah, am on... Draining, yeah, Yeah, and on... Each, I suppose, waiting for, not waiting for the next bad thing to happen, but like aware of what can happen, yeah. I suppose. So how is this whole incident and um, growth and stuff, how has it changed you mentally? It's definitely made me stronger, but it's also shown me how strong I was, mm-hmm. like without even realising it. But it's, yeah, I think given me given me some hardship, I suppose, to show that, like, I can get through things mm-hmm. and it's okay to need help and it's okay to not be okay all of the time. But, like, you can figure it out. Yeah. Adaptable. I've um started, like, going on this different kind of fitness phase at the moment and mm-hmm. I started following a few new people. And I saw this person put up this uh, it's a caption. Yeah, caption. A long one. I'll read it. It's kind of... It's relatable but not relatable, but it's just something that I saw that kind of made me think about, I suppose, you know, when shit happens, you got to move on. Mm-hmm. So it goes, everything about your life is within your power to change. 
Whether you're willing to take ownership for it or not is another question. It is easy to make up the story of why you are stuck where you are. It's easy to name the obstacles and roadblocks and reasons why you can't make it happen. And no one will argue with you when you explain it to them and they see it too. All the things blocking your path. So where is... Oh, so... So is this where your story ends? Obstacles, roadblocks, struggles happening and you're just done? You repeat the reasons for quitting over and over like sweet lullaby, rocking yourself to a deeper sleep, sinking deeper and deeper into the belief that for those reasons you can't change your life. Wake up. All you're doing is convincing yourself of defeat before the battle is even over. Obstacles are just obstacles, things to overcome. It's too hard. Is it though? Is it harder than giving up on your dream of life? Is it harder than waking up with regret in your final days? Is it harder than watching your life slowly slip away from you and lose the sense of purpose that you have in the world? What are you willing to sacrifice to keep your narrative of victimhood alive? Hopefully you decide to not be hopefully you decide not to sacrifice anything and instead let your broken narrative die. Now let's build our best life. So I think that was kind of relatable in a way that you've you've obviously got gone through a lot with that it's a massive obstacle losing half your vision technically and you've come through the other side without feeling like a victim and I think it's very remarkable and like something for people to look up to seeing I suppose it's resilience as well so I commend you for all your recovery and you coming out the other side with this whole different kind of mindset um, I I've never been super close with you, especially during that period. Um, but from the outside world, it's pretty remarkable to see. Um, and the fact that it like, hasn't stopped you from doing stuff, like, yeah, like that says that you still got a life to live. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like, as that quote said, it's an obstacle. It's not it's the not be the all and yeah. yeah. It's just something to overcome. Yeah, something to live with. Um, was there anything else that you'd like to add around, you know, your eyesight and... Any other little things? I don't think so. I couldn't get a guide dog. Would you want one? I asked. I was just thinking free dog, free trained dog. Free, free trained dog that you stuck with that. Odie. Yeah, <laughs> he's a shitter. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is he's yours though. Yeah, he is. I yeah. wouldn't change him for the world, yeah. but I had to pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. Um, what was, is there any other turning point? Is there anything massive? I don't think so, no. Not really, Not eh? so far. You've just been trucking along. COVID stalled a lot, I agree. Mm. Not much really happened, eh? Not really. Not many people explored or ventured out to other areas, changed cities, changed yeah. jobs because of job security yeah. and whatnot. We, yeah, bought a house, got engaged, but they're, they're obviously exciting and they're mm. big things, but they were like a natural progression. Yeah. It wasn't a... So I've got, um, I, I see you and James kind of like a, the white picket fence kind of lifestyle, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You got the cat, you got the dog, you got the house. You've done some house renos. Yeah. Is that an alarm or I think it's a bird. bird. That's a loud bird. Mm. That's a good alarm. Um, how's it been doing house renovations? <laughs> oh, that look on your it's face, eh? <laughs> I was Says so excited. I thought, here we go. This is like the block. Yeah. It was yeah. not. It sucked. Why? Um, so we lived here while yeah. it was all happening. First of all, we did the bathroom. So we didn't have a shower for about six weeks. Six? Yeah. So luckily we were able to shower 
James's um, parents and his brother live not far away. Yeah. So we were able to do that, thankfully. Six weeks, long time. Yeah, but at one point we didn't have a toilet for four days. Huh. Yeah. So spade and shovel, <laughs> whatever outside. No, you no? just had to beeline mm. it to someone's house. It was... You a, so you and James have both got a pissing spot out there. No, not at time. <laughs> just James. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was... Wow. Yeah, it was just like, you know, things crop up. It's an older house. Yeah. It's never going to go to plan. It's not a, yeah, a quick install out there. Yeah, exactly. And then the kitchen, just, I don't know, because we did so much of it ourselves and our friends did so much of it and stuff to save money, it just wasn't like everything happened. It wasn't just smoothly. a quick, yeah. So that's all done. Yeah, luckily. It taught me how bossy I am. Oh, yeah? About things I know absolutely nothing about. Uh, so you meaning like with aesthetics or um, like is that where your bossiness came from? So What you want things to look, the colours and... Yes, but like James let me have that, that's fine. But this one Saturday I came home and they were rejibbing the roof. The ceiling. Yeah. Sorry, I get in trouble for calling it a roof. So it was so James. You with me, I'm no builder. <laughs> James, who's an electrician, his, yeah. our brother-in-law who is a builder, yeah. James's dad who builds kitchens, and his other brother who's an engineer. Yeah. I'm a nurse. Yeah. I haven't even So you fucking point, know everything, don't oh, you? I think I do. You're basically the architect, aren't so you? So they were putting the ceiling up, and yeah. I walked in and I said, oh, well, have you thought about trying to do it like this? And they all just turned around and looked at me. And I thought, I've got to remove myself from the situation. <laughs> this is something I know nothing about. And here I am trying to tell them how to do their job. And the amount of times now I've caught myself, like, trying to put my two cents into yeah. something that I am no expert on, to an expert, I'm like, wow, I need to relax. I need to... That's a good um, learning curve for your yourself. It was. I still think about that moment. Just the look on all their faces, they were like... <laughs> are you kidding so it's that taught me a lot so I now um, let the experts handle yep. that kind of stuff we've still got some things and it's kind of a running joke that I um, like to YouTube how to do everything and try oh, yeah. and do it myself yep, yep. so I'm going to try YouTubing some tiling and do a little tile splashback but we'll see how that goes Probably another thing I should leave to the experts. Yeah. I'll just Let's give see. it a go. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so, my flatmate, uh, just before Christmas, got a black lab puppy. Yes. You've I got see. a black lab. How old is this? He? he is just gone two. Why did you tell me good luck? <laughs> what is it about black labs? I don't know. They're crazy. Yeah, why? We even went to this dog trainer and she's, yeah. she we got out the car and she said, oh, black lab. Yeah, because another one of my friends said Ellie Gordon that was on this. Mm-hmm. She's saying Black Lab. Yeah. Crazy. It's just a, a thing. Adorable, but like, she was telling me this. He's lost a few brain cells, like running into doors. Oh, all the time. Chews everything, man. I I remember ringing my friend one day, one Saturday, when Odie was maybe like eight months old. Yeah. And I just said to her, Can I put him on the side of the road? I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, what did he chew? What didn't, like, anything. <laughs> just everything, eh? Anything. Like, Toys, shoes, hoses. We were renovating, had a drop saw out the back, and we, like, my brother in law put it on the deck, went to the car, and Odie had already chewed the lead. Like, Fuck. anything and everything. <laughs> but he'd be annoying and chew, like, one shoe from a pair. Yeah, yeah. And, like, just, oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was it like, was um, Ellie's partner is, is a 
one of his steel cap boots outside. I'm like, oh no. And he said, yep. yeah, he just left it out. So one steel cap's fucked. So he's going to buy another pair and yep. put them up top because his work shoes. Yeah. I even saw lingerie the other day. I went around there and just fucked straight into it. Yeah, no. Luckily, Odie's grown out of it. It was just a phase. It's just a che- um, teething phase, isn't it? Yeah, but it was like, yeah. I just never thought it was going to end. <laughs> just the like constant. Like, you think, oh, puppy cuddles. Odie was yeah. never a cuddly dog. Never. Oh. As a puppy, anyway. Now Benny, he is, but... So my dog gets, I think, the full brunt of the force of the puppy. Mm. I just patted him this morning, and he's already got, like, a, like a bite mark. Uh, like, actually, like, a scab from yeah. it. Yeah, fuck, I should probably stop him a bit more, but they just go flat deck for ages. At least he's got... The puppy's got someone to play with, because... Yeah, not us. Yeah. <laughs> my, my poor son. Um, so, we'll talk about travel a bit before. So... Travelling is on the cards, potentially after your wedding and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are you going to do with it? Odie and Winks, your cat? Um, my sister, she is marrying a farmer. Oh, so yeah. They have lots of space, and she loves Odie. Oh, she yeah. absolutely loves him. That's good then. Yeah, so she, I think, would happily take him. Yep. She yeah, gets mad if we try and give him to anyone else for a, like, a weekend away oh, or yeah. anything. She's like, no, bring him here. Yeah, Here's a ball. He like... Goes out on the farm with her fiancé and jumps in all the troughs and eats the cow shit. And it sounds like a black lab to me. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're about some travelling. Are you thinking of just Europe? Yeah. That's what has our interest to start with. Um, what excites you day to day, week to week? Interesting you ask. So I was having a conversation with a very good friend of mine and I we were kind of like talking about 2022. We Kind of like the whole new year, new me buzz. Yep, yep. But like auditing 2022 and I just kind of realised that I lost myself in the day-to-day kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I was looking forward to the big things and the big things happened and there was so many big things but I didn't enjoy the day-to-day stuff. So you're, you're living in the life of the destination and not enjoying the journey. Yeah. And so that's my goal for this year, to enjoy the journey more, because mm. if I can't sit back and enjoy my coffee on a Thursday yeah. morning, why is the, like, why is anything? So what's what's going to change? I just need to, like, stop and appreciate it. How? Make myself. <laughs> what does that look like? Like, give myself time. That's another big thing. Give myself the time to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I get up in the morning and I go straight to work. I don't give myself more time to even take already out for 20 minutes or like sit and have my coffee. I drink my coffee on the way to work. Like I just need to make the time. When I came back from traveling, um, that's something. So like before I left, it was coming into winter. My walks with Benny was honestly just around the block. Mm-hmm. I walked him every morning, but just around the block, short as. Um, always wanted to meditate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, always reading's supposed to be good. So when I came back, yeah, I said to myself, I'm going to give myself time. So I wake up earlier to do stuff. So like yep. this morning, uh, because I had a vet appointment during the day, mm-hmm. so to earn extra hours, I started work earlier. Yeah. Uh, and then had this after work, so I couldn't work. Uh, couldn't work after work. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll start work as early as possible. Wake up at five. Mm-hmm. You know, get up, take Benny for a walk. So now every morning I walk in twenty minutes. Yeah. Just a good loop, and then I'll make a coffee, uh, make my lunch, and then go sit down, meditate for ten. Yeah. Read my book for ten with the coffee. And then move on with the day. Yeah. And that, like, it sets me up because by the time I get to work, you know, I'm all ready to go. I'm, I'm relaxed or I'm energized or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you've already won the day in a sense because yeah. you've given yourself time. Yeah. 
And you've so, ticked off those like me time things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so easy to discount at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. So just the fact like you're waking up at five, yeah, no, it's not the ideal thing. But hey, like you get into it, mm. you do it, you do it for you. And it's one day. Or if it's your oh, routine, then it's yeah, your routine. It's routine, it's every day. Um, maybe not so early on the weekends, but... I'd hope it, not. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so that's pretty cool. But, so what are you going to... How are you going to show more gratitude to yourself? I think by, like, by making the time. You know, like, showing myself okay, so that... so there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. You sleep for eight, yeah. you work for eight, yeah. you left for eight. How are you going to make more time? You're not a wizard. Less, less TikTok and Instagram scrolling. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> less Netflix. And just, I think, being, like, smarter. Mm-hmm. I'm, a good lesson 2022 taught me was I like things done my way mm-hmm. and when I want them done. But 2022 taught me that if I let James clean the bathroom, every second week, then at least I know it's being cleaned how I like it every second week. So if it's being done on the weeks he's doing it too, then like mm. it's it's, it's okay. not a big deal. Yeah. And just kind of like letting those things not be so important so I can... So yeah, this was um, my last question, but I'll ask it now. Have you set any goals for this year? I have. What have we got? I have. So I want to... Read 20 books again. I did 25 last year. Is it? I did. What sort of books? Like just anything? Or are you into anything. non-fiction, fiction? Uh, that confuses me. Like are you reading like, like non- self-help books or are you yeah. reading uh, f- like fiction, like made-up stories? Yeah, a bit of both. both. Bit of both. Like. Yeah. So um, I did 25 last year, but I find when I study I don't read as much. Because I was like, I've got to read mm-hmm. course material. So this year I'm still going to set the goal to read 20 books, but I'm going to do 10 fiction mm-hmm. books and 10 like the self helpy kind of books. That's do you read paperback? Um, mostly on the Kindle, mm-hmm. but I do read some paperback as well. I've Just got a couple for you. Depends. Good. <laughs> what else have you got? Um, I want to start waking up earlier. And I haven't, like, set a time, but it, I just want to start waking up early. I don't want to, like, get out of bed and go to work. I think you've got to um, have a bigger reason to set your time. You, like, you need like, to have more of a, a structure. Like, it's not, I just want to. Because no, 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 no not, not like, not I just want to. I just don't want to say I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every day mm. for five days. Like, I want to wake up earlier for sure, mm. but maybe not 5 a.m. Yeah, yeah, but I like, say, so, okay, if you start work at... 8 o'clock, and you normally wake up at 7. Now wake up at 6.30 so you can take Odie for a bigger walk. Mm. Then you've got that excuse. I'm, yep. I'm making myself accountable by walking Odie this extra time, so I need to wake up, yep. otherwise I'm going to be late at work. So I want to fit more into my morning, so when it comes to the afternoon... You it like relax and not feel guilty. Yeah, mm. and it's those things are done. I can say yes to going out for dinner or mm. going and seeing a friend because all my, like have to jobs are done in the morning it's definitely the same with like fitness Mm. it's always easy if you do it in the morning it's done and dusted and you can do whatever but in the evening you're like i'm gonna sleep in i can do it afternoon and then something happens at work or something happens there and 
I've had a shit day or I need yep. to cook dinner or yep. and yeah, your gym time goes. Something. So doing mornings, hundred percent, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, other than that, just as I said before, just enjoy the day to day more. Smell appreciate the roses. The, yeah, appreciate the day to day. It's the uh, your journey, not the destination. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I'm just random chit chat that mm-hmm. I kind of warned you about. <laughs> um, at, me. at first sight, what are females attracted to? Ooh. I think, for me, or in general. Oh, both. Why not? Anything. Oh, for me personally, I like a like, I like a smile that lights up your eyes, like mm-hmm. a, a genuine smile. I suppose it is. Yep. I love that. Um, because I see for for males, it's easy. It's always like your sexual appeal. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. But for females, what what is a sexual appeal like? Is that even? I think it's a thing. Tall, broad shoulders, that kind of thing, eh? Sometimes for like James isn't tall. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> he's my. He's probably taller than me. <laughs> but I think it's. I don't know. Like you either. So just the smile. Is that it? Not necessarily, like more than just that, but that's that's like a big tick, yeah. I think, in my my little book. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, just someone, I don't know, like you either are, are attracted to someone or you're not. Yeah, but first impression is always important. Oh, they are. What about like uh, what they wear, fashion? Um, yes, definitely, it helps. Well, first impression, eh? Yeah, James used to wear board shorts. Ah, oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> With Velcro shirts. So like, oh, imagine it. Um, so, you know, like this, that's a work on. But I think just yeah. someone who's like confident in themselves and who they are as well. Yep. That's always nice. And I think that shows in like how someone carries themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, is there such thing as initial spark? Yes, I think so. So. But not always. Five and a half years yeah. in a relationship. Is that initial spark still around? Yes, but in a different way. Explain. We, so (laughs) I'd known of James through school for like years and years and years. So it's pretty much like since I suppose year nine because I was friends with his cousin Mm. at school. Hannah. Yes, Hannah. Um, But we, I suppose like properly met in house Mm -hmm. when we were nine, twenty. Yeah, yeah, house on hood. And we were like dancing on the tables and James said hi to me and I was like, hi. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, Scared well, Becker. <laughs> no, I was kind of like, oh, like weird. Yeah. And then the next day he messaged me oh, on yeah. Facebook, on yep. Messenger. And I, me and my sister like had a little laugh about oh. it. Yeah. So I was not, I'd never like, I suppose when you know someone for that long but never thought of them like that, like it just had never crossed my mind. Remind me just after my next question to... Facebook messaging people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, five and a half years, how do you uh, keep that sexual appeal alive after <laughs> so long? Do you have to have a date night? No, we don't. No. No, we're really bad. We thought maybe... What do you mean you're really bad as in it doesn't happen or... Nah. Like, we love spending time together and, like, we hang out a lot. Mm. But also as well, like, we love, like, hanging out with our friends and stuff. Like, our friends that we have... Like our couple friends. So is whatnot. your love language more um, quality time? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So I really struggled doing shift work because we didn't get that quality time. Yeah, yeah. 
so it's that's like the massive thing so whether that's with other people or alone like that's that's okay but we just enjoy each other's company like, do you guys want children yeah you gotta start practicing well that's for his <laughs> favorite line <laughs> um no nah, so this um oh sorry um so where I'm staying now, this is irrelevant to you, mm. James. There's um, obviously neighbours on either side. Yeah. And as Christmas came around, like the Christmas break, so me and my pa- uh, partner, my flatmate, were chopping the tree down. Oh, yeah? I'm pretty sure the neighbour wouldn't hear this. Um, so we're chopping the tree down, and one of our neighbours comes over. He gives us a hand, and the wife is out as well, and the children. And then so this other neighbour... Um, I want to give her a name. Okay, so uh, let's just call her Orange since she's got an orange <laughs> bottle. So neighbour Orange. <laughs> okay. Sarah. Sarah. Let's call yep. her Sarah. Okay. So Sarah comes over as well. And so one dog, one neighbour's got a sausage dog. Yeah. And Sarah's got a German Shepherd. Yeah. And so the sausage dog was down. So she's like, oh, I'll bring German Shepherd over. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Sarah does nails as oh, a job yeah. and just the, the neighbours nails so they've already spoke that morning yeah. and so she brings the German Shepherd out and the German Shepherd's going nuts at the sausage dog like <laughs> thinking it's dinner kind of thing it's so funny um, and they ended up hung, hanging around for a bit then Sarah went away we're doing our work and then she came back later she had a box of ciders and she like gave us all ciders and it's like nah don't like don't want to do it mm. we all end up having one and then eventually we all just sit, standing around like this half cut or this tree, like you know, bits and pieces. And then my flatmate like fucks off to go do work and leaves me with the neighbours <laughs> I've the never neighbors. met. And I was like, oh yeah. And then eventually I managed to walk away. So that's my introduction to Sarah. Mm. That night, I think that evening I was I went to the gym. Yeah. And um, while I was just waiting between a set, I just checked Facebook and because prior to that, me and Ben was like, what are their names? Because I don't know, and he's like, oh, I should ask Tash, so his partner. So, yeah. And just before I left, he's like, oh, her name's Sarah. Yep, Sarah. And um, I was like, sweet. And then so when I was at the gym, I got this friend request from Sarah. <gasps> and I was like, what the fuck? And there's one mutual friend, so it wasn't even Ben or my other flatmate. Oh. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, oh, so I just leave it, leave it. And then he came home. But that's awkward, because do you leave it? Or, like, is she going to bring it up next time you no, see it? No, oh, I don't know, we never see her kind of thing. But that's the thing, she always sees me, because our kitchen is above their kitchen, and mm. they both, like, both part, like both the ladies are like, oh, you always up early in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I'm walking the dog and stuff. And here's me, like, shirtless in the kitchen, like, all the time. She probably can, like, look straight yeah. up. Yeah, so she just, like, clocked all your morning moves before you uh, know yeah, that she's Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> and then I came home, and so Ben got the freedom quest as well. I was like, oh, sweet, like, it wasn't just me. Yeah. And then that night, I was out somewhere, and he got this... <laughs> image <gasps> sent to me from her. I was like, oh fuck. Didn't open it till the next day. And um it was her like with a no, it wasn't even a drink, but like her with like face and her hand up above her head <gasps> kind of thing. Like a seductive uh, Yeah, but not really. Uh, yes but no. Like it was fine. She was out drinking that night. Right. I was like, oh shit. So this this Sarah, um she's not my type, let's just say that. Mm. Um she also has a child. Um, and just split up with her partner. Mm-hmm. Older, and younger, similar older, age? Older. Yeah. Uh, um, I think so. But, you know, um, I can visualise. Mm-hmm. You can see this, but no one can hear it. Mm-hmm. But that big. And, um, yeah, just, just not my type. And then, <laughs> so I came home and told my flatmates, showed them. 
and we're having a good old laugh and having a chin wag about it. And then the next day she removed the image. So, oh, yeah, sweet. Like, done, dusted. Haven't seen it since. This was before Christmas. And just today, so obviously, like, maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks, three weeks later, mm-hmm. as I was leaving work. <laughs> so it's my birthday today, right? And Is it? Yeah. Oh, my God, happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. Why are we doing this today? <laughs> because this is the best time to do it. Um, so... My flatmate and my other workmate, so I was just leaving because I was like, oh, sweet, I'll boost, come down the stairs. And then my workmate's like, oh, Ben, my flatmate, he's got a um, birthday present for you. I was like, oh, fuck, what is this? And I walk around because he was like dealing with stuff at work. Yeah. I was like, oh, he had this biggest grin on his face. And I'm like, what is this? Like, wh- what's going on? And I had to walk over. And he shows me his phone. And it's Sarah messaging him saying, hey, this might be weird, but it's Mason single. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no! So I was she's like, keen. so I was like, no, 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 and I just walked out the door. No, no. And he's like, oh, just say you're gay. And I'm like, yes, bro, do say it. That. Yeah, say so that. I need to oh, figure out what he said. But oh, so she must have sent the little selfie to test the water. Yeah, that obviously thought. didn't work. No. And then now she's gone to the flat, mate. And now hopefully Ben's told her I'm gay. So, oh, that's a good way to get out of it. Oh, me. <laughs> good way to meet the oh, neighbours, eh? Oh, yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, I was just, oh, <laughs> fuck me. Oh, no. I do like being single sometimes, but not all the time. Mm. No one's really asked for that for a while. Um. So now we're going to the other side of the field. So this is more serious, but um, I've always kind of wanted to ask a female this. this is, I don't know. Don't know if you've had any experience. I can't imagine the friend group that you're in. You wouldn't have. But how do you deal with a friend in an in an abusive relationship? Mm. I've yeah never had to deal with that. How would you approach it? Because in my eyes, normally the person's like, say it gets abused, but then be like, nobody's good for this. He's good for that, or she gets like gaslighted. Mm. You know? And my experience with people in abusive relationships mm-hmm. in a work setting, mm-hmm. in a hospital setting, from what I understand, and this may obviously not be speaking for everyone or like the general rule, but I feel like people won't leave unless they're ready to leave. Mm. Like you, if someone loves someone, they will justify being with them. And like we would see it at work, people would be hurt by their partner they admit to us it's their partner, but the next day they wake up and they don't want to leave and they want to take everything back and they're changing their story of how they got yeah. hurt and whatnot. I was afraid you were going to say that. Yeah, so I think making sure that they know that you're there for them mm-hmm. and that you're a safe place and mm-hmm. if they do need help, then you're more than willing to be there for them. But also maybe... I don't know, it's hard. Like, do you... Make them aware that you're aware? Like yeah. if they haven't explicitly told you? I don't know. I just always thought that, like, say, if it was my mate doing the abusing, like my male mate, mm. you know, I, you could, I suppose, abuse him to, like, slap him in the face, say, what the fuck are you doing? Get a hold of yourself. Stop doing what you're doing. It's wrong. But if you're a recipient, it's a bit different. And like I said, like normally they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong. Or he mm. does this, this, this for me. Or they're scared to leave. Yeah. Which that is the hard part. Or they may justify it because they might think, oh, well. He's providing me X, Y, and Z. Mm. Or like I did this to make him angry. Or like it's only once every however often. Like mm. 
don't so there's know. no clear-cut answer, I don't think so. I feel like every situation would be different. Okay, now we go back to the other side. What's your best party trick? Oh. I'm assuming you can't pop your eye out. I can. But it's just... But it's, I don't. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine it party trick. hygiene or something. Yeah. Oh, you can do that thing? So... Um, I can do it with my toe. A Spock thing. So splitting your ring finger from your middle finger. Mm. I can so do can, it with my toes. Okay, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's as good okay. as I've got. Um, <laughs> so I had to ask James. Uh, he didn't actually give me much, to be honest. Oh. But... One of the things is like fastest way to lose brownie points. Oh. Yeah, which apparently when you're drunk, you think you're the twerk queen. Is that your best party trick? No, it's probably the toe thing. My twerking <laughs> is very bad. Very bad. <laughs> I can see why you lose the brownie right. points. Mm. Um, what do you think guys earn brownie points and females don't? Because females are never up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always wondered, like, because guys are they're always, always punching. I feel like guys are always punching. And then they have to have brownie points because the female is like higher than them, so they need points to come up to their level to have the upper hand. Maybe. I feel like just, well, in my relationship anyway, I'm the more bossy one. So, like, he <laughs> has to do things how I want because that's how I want them done. So what's the uh, fastest way can, that James loses brownie points? How long do we have? <laughs> There are so many. Yeah. I'm, I'm tr- trying to be more relaxed. Yep. I'm trying to meet him halfway. Anything and everything. Oh, that's bad. Okay, well, like, what's the best way to earn brownie points for him? It's just spending time with me. <laughs> like, even if he comes to the supermarket with me, I'm happy. Oh, yeah. It's very simple most of the time. So it's simple to lose and simple to earn for him. Yeah, I simple think so. Simple life, James. Simple life. Except to my birthday. He didn't do well. Why is that? Oh, <laughs> okay, I shouldn't say that. I should, I'll give him some credit. But he was away on a stag do, which was fine. And he organised the next day a barbecue mm-hmm. with our families, which was lovely. But who had to do everything for the barbecue? Oh, you. <laughs> Me. <laughs> and he got home and I was like, oh, cool, we're going to spend some time together for my birthday. And he's like, oh, no, I've got to clean the barbecue. And that was it. That was my birthday. <laughs> I was not happy. It's <laughs> <laughs> just another day in the yeah. year. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> does. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Definitely did. Um, the other thing he, he uh, pulled up is uh, you're potentially a 12th man of the piss pooks. I hear you can yeah. roll your arm over pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's slow. Yeah, you brought up this cricket set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. bowl them straight. I can yeah. bowl a lot of wides. I, yeah. Um, Do you want to replace me this week? No. I've, it'll probably be cancelled with this rain. No. But... Yeah, we take the dog to the park most nights and um, end up bowling the ball to each other. And while Odie just Bitches. really likes to eat grass, he learned oh, off okay. one of his other friends. Yep. So he just what the one of the cows at the farm? Well, it's another black lab actually. Oh, yeah. it also eats grass. So yep. he all of a sudden thought, "Oh, I'll get into that." So he grazes like a cow at the park while we bowl the ball to each other. So you reckon you're going to get a cap for the piss pooks this year? I should. At least you should. One. Hey, we've heard it here. <laughs> Only bowling, not betting. I can't bet. Uh, you, you, we'll see. It we'll probably see. has to go both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, Denny got done for that one year, mm. and we lost because yeah, they, so. they they got real aggressive and said he had to come out because he fielded for us. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't bowl for us; he just fielded for us. Yeah. And, you know him; he can't even fucking run. Yeah, so they and made a big deal of it. Yeah, yeah, made a huge deal. Oh. 
Anyway. We'll see you then. Any other things you want to add before I hit the final questions? Nope. No. Um, Favourite porn category? Oh, I don't really get into that. Nothing? No. Favourite sex position then? The alternative? (laughs) Oh, what if my parents listen to this? Well, how do they have you? I don't want to know. Well, it's obviously through sex. (laughs) I don't know what it's called, to be honest. Do you want to demonstrate? I'm just kidding. <laughs> James, we'll get James in here. Yeah, come inside. No. Are you, are you really going to make me answer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose like almost like doggy but lying down. Okay. That's a good answer. If you were to live with only three foods, what would it be? <gasps> burgers. Chicken yeah, burgers. No, you can't. That's a patty. That's chicken. That's a bun. That's what lettuce, tomato, cheese. There's five ingredients. That's my favourite food of all time. Well, split it up. <laughs> bread. Okay. I love bread. Yep. Um, what else do I love? My friend Caitlin, she makes these amazing chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. It would be those. And... I don't know. Can I say sushi? I'll give it to you since you're struggling. Mm. I do love good sushi. Yeah. Crave it. Do you have a role model or a mentor in your life? Mm. Not specifically. Like, I look up to my parents, Mm -hmm. as I suppose most people do. But I think a lot of my... Close friendships and stuff, I look up to a lot of my friends because they're all, like, amazing at what they do and I get different little, like, pieces of them within our friendship and I Mm. love that. They're all, yeah, got their own strengths. That's pretty cool. So you look up to them for different aspects. Mm. So you have more than one. That's pretty cool, actually. Is that because they've done a lot more and experienced or didn't? Experience different things to what you have, to what makes them, you know, that that guidance. Probably, but I have a few good friends specifically who we just have, like, very, like, I have fun with them as well, but we have conversations like this as well, Mm. like, on a regular basis, and I think it's so important. Like, Mm. how can you better yourself if you're not having these conversations? What do you think a deep, meaningful conversation, Mm. why do you think they're good? They, like, force you to evaluate and think, why? Like, It's if, like you are evaluating last year. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have an argument and I think, like, why did I react this way? Or, like... So you can have a debrief. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I enjoy that. What is your style of life, the way you choose to live it? Did I ask you this previously? You did. And I was... Confused by it. I've never thought about this before. Mm-hmm. But I would say, tell me if this isn't the kind of answer that you're after. But like planned mm-hmm. and somewhat structured. I always like to know that there's something going on. But I also like to like, like in the big plan kind of scheme. But I also like to wake up in the morning and I will like. On a Saturday morning, I'll say to James, right, what's our plan today? Like, I just like to have an idea. 
but I'm okay if it doesn't go to plan. And I'm like, okay, pardon, sorry. Like, I'm happy to have fun in there as well. Yeah. Like, there's always room for that, but... I think I'm similar in a way that even if I'm not going to do anything, I need a plan mm. to say I'm planning to not do anything. Yeah. When I don't have a plan, I'm assuming the same. Like, when you don't know what you're stressed. doing. Yeah. <laughs> I love a to-do list. Yeah. I will write 10 lists if it makes me feel better. But, yeah, and I you just start like them off to... with things you've already done in the morning? Yeah. So you start off with a roll? Yep. Yep. Ah, I, it is. It is, like, it, that's your style of life. You, you like to know what you're doing. Mm. You like yep. to have a bit of structure. So I don't uh, miss anything as well. Yeah. But it's nice to say, in a way, you're not wasting time. Mm, or you know, you know you're not wasting time. If you know you're going to be relaxing, then yep. you know you're relaxing. You're not yep. wasting time. Exactly. You're intentionally relaxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this popped up again, a question on the eye. Do you get annoyed when people look either way? Yeah. Do you notice? Yes. How do you deal with that? I just have to not so Sometimes really I end up it. looking that way and it's like, oh. I, not, I do notice it a lot. And yeah. it's just, it's what it is. Like, you just, I can't say to someone, don't look, like, don't do that. You know, it's like a yeah. natural occurrence. So if, and you know, like, there's just some things that it's I just. It's just your next, your way of life now. Yeah, I just, I can't get too caught up on it. Because the only person's feelings I'm going to hurt is my own, so. Mm. It's one of those things where you, you have to think about what is in your power. And your power exactly. is your own reaction. It's exactly. not what they're doing. You can't change what they're doing. You can't change what the weather's doing. Exactly. But you can change how you react. Yeah. Mm. So that's how I view it. Um, what do you want? This could be as deep or as vague as you want. What do I want? In like a life scheme in like the next week? Anything. That's what I mean. It could be deep. It could be as shallow as I want a nice dinner from James tonight. I've already cooked it. <laughs> so that's not gonna happen. Well, that's good because you're on holiday. Come on, he's I working. Know. Yeah. Um, what do I want? I can't wait to have all this wedding planning done and be standing there on the day and thinking, I slash we, I planned all of this and like this is all for us. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that because it's stressful thinking about the money side of it. And it's stressful trying to make everything come together. And I'm trying to do it now while I have the time before I start studying. And I just, I can't wait for that. So you want it to be Yeah, I don't want to wish over. this phase away. I, like, not on that. I just can't wait for everything to come together. One thing I'll add to that is don't forget to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. 2023, baby. Yes. If you had an eraser that could erase anything from your past, would you use it? No. So not even the car crash? I would like to say yes, but then I don't know where I'd be if if I did that. Mm-hmm. I don't let myself think like that. Like, it's happened. It's never going to be able to change. So I just don't don't let myself think like that. It's nothing. I don't think so. I mean, ideally, yes, but also I might not be where I am. So that's a scary thought. Pretty common answer. Yeah. It's pretty genuine. What does the next chapter look like for you? This, I've decided 2023 is my probably last year to be selfish. So following the wedding, we'll probably start to think about having kids. Mm -hmm. So this is potentially my last year to wake up at whatever time I want in the morning because I want to and because I want to get up and walk my dog, not because I have to. And I want to like... Yeah, I just want to do this year for me. 
Are you going to travel before that? Bef- like this year? Yeah, or like you, you're wanting to travel, but yeah. you're wanting to have children. Um, it'll probably depend how much the wedding ends up costing. So it's not You've cheap. got time. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it's always going to be there. Okay, I'll add something to this one as well. You've got to start practicing. Um, Leave us with a quote Or words of wisdom For our listeners (sighs) I had to write it down So does everybody Yeah I Have two Mm -hmm. The first one isn't Really a quote as such But it's something that I had written down Following my conversation With my friend about I felt like I had lived for the big things mm-hmm. last year. And so before you'd even asked, I had written this down on my phone and it was just life happens between the big things too. Don't let yourself forget that. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how I want to – it's my theme of the year, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's popped up a lot through this conversation. So Yeah, for sure. I won't dabble into it. Yeah. And the second one is a negative mind will never give you a positive life. And I think if you can – Always try and find that little bit of, like, hope. Then it's always going to be okay. I've said this before as well. As um, journaling for me has mm. changed my mindset mm-hmm. into a more positive, swung it that way as opposed to negative or being neutral. Um, I never dwell on the negatives. Yeah, no. Well, I wouldn't say I never, but I try not to. Uh, I never write about it. Always write about positive. So mm-hmm. maybe that's something you could implement. Um, just like I start this thing with three grateful things you have. Wow, I said that wrong. <laughs> three things you're grateful for today. Yeah. Like it's making you think about positive yeah. stuff, and it's so easy to get caught up in the negative stuff. Like yeah. you only have to watch the news or something like that to see the sad stuff. But if mm. you don't actively find the happiness, then same with just realizing what went well today. Because say there could be a million bad things. There's always something. Yeah, there's always things that do go well. Yeah. Um. So my one is. A worthy relationship is not made up of two halves, but of two holes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just somehow try to make it relatable to people, and I believe you and Jimmy are two holes for sure. I think so. But yeah, I, which yeah. makes a very strong relationship. Um, yeah, that's that's us, man. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being so open and honest, and I suppose dropping a few balls for just the conversation. Yep, no worries. Hopefully it may help someone one day. I hope so. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't know. (laughs) Oh, don't tell anybody. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening.